Hi, my name is Carmen, and I am an early childhood special education teacher, a life and ADHD coach, and I'm the host of this podcast, Authentically ADHD. I created this podcast to help anyone wondering if they have ADHD, people who have been diagnosed for a while and want some more support and community. I'm here to bring you the latest research on ADHD and neurodiversities while we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of ADHD. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, my friend. How are you? I don't know where you're at in the world or what the weather looks like in your part of the world. But today, we are talking about the very, very interesting intersection of ADHD and seasonal affective disorder slash seasonal affective depression. The reason that I put a slash in there is because not everybody experiences it as depression. And I'll get into that more later. But do you feel this way? Do you feel like you get the winter blues, especially if you have ADHD? Do you feel that it affects you maybe more than it affects other people? So it's winter here in Chicagoland, and I know a lot of us are on the struggle bus because of these winter blues. There are many names for seasonal affective disorder, but did you know that it affects people with ADHD more than the neurotypical? We're going to talk about why, and then I have some tips to give you that really work. So let's talk about why seasonal affective disorder affects ADHD brains more. First, I want to say that seasonal affective disorder doesn't affect me the same as it does others. I don't necessarily get a depression. I can have low mood days and other things, but really it pulls on my ADHD symptoms. I'm way more tired. I cannot focus. Regulating my emotions is excruciatingly hard. I'm way more tired. I can't get myself to stop self-isolating, okay? Self-isolation is something that happens when we have low mood and we um, have lack of motivation. Now, this is different for everyone. Some people feel sad or a type of depression that really only acts up in the fall or the beginning of winter and improves around springtime. Some signs for us to notice seasonal affective disorder are low mood, being moody, craving more carbs, um, and sleeping more or sleeping less. This is especially in ADHD years, but in general, every person experiences seasonal affective disorder or depression in a different way unique to their own experiences. Why does it affect us more? 
Well, we have something called a delayed sleep phase syndrome. Yes, ADHD, well, all humans have circadian rhythms, right? ADHD brains have circadian rhythms that are two hours behind a neurotypical brain. So what is a circadian rhythm? I know I've talked about this before, but our memories kind of suck. So review is always great. They are rhythms within the 24 hours of the day that our physical, mental, and behavioral experience go through in that, in that cycle of the 24 hour period of light and dark of day and night of morning, afternoon, and night. Um, in the ADHD brain, this is delayed by two hours, specifically our sleep phase. Melatonin doesn't release in the ADHD brain until two hours after a neurotypical brain typically releases it. So for example, a neurotypical brain typically releases that melatonin to start calming you down around that nine, 10 o'clock. For an ADHD brain, we may not get that release of dopamine until 11 o'clock or midnight if we get it at all. So this usually means that most ADHDers are late to sleep and late to rise. And if you live somewhere where winter takes up a lot of the months of the year, like where I am, where sometimes it can be four to five to six months, you're not getting that daylight needed to tell the circadian rhythms that it's daytime. This may leave you feeling tired until later in the evening, eating more carbs because our delayed sleep is causing the need for energy, so our brain craves carbs. You can tell that your circadian rhythm is off by when you are able to naturally fall asleep. Like when it's later, 11, midnight, 1, 2 o'clock, it's definitely off. This affects our brain so much. It has a hard time deciphering daytime and nighttime. Our brains also have a harder time waking up. It takes us longer to wake up, okay? Um, and it takes us longer to fall asleep, usually for several different reasons. A typically developing circadian rhythm regulates our cycles of alertness and sleepiness by responding to light changes in our environment. This means that the seasonal change of the circadian rhythm happens with most people, but because ADHD brains already have a later circadian rhythm, we have to be super intentional about the light in our environment in the morning and in the evening, what we do in the morning and in the evening to help signal our circadian rhythm to alertness or sleepiness. Here are some signs that you may be struggling with seasonal affective disorder and it's pulling on your ADHD. You go to bed later than others, no matter what time you aimed to go to sleep. You are unable to eat breakfast in the morning, like it kind of really disgusts you or it's just not really appealing to eat food right away. 
your body temperature is off, so you might feel cold a lot or warm a lot. You may experience sadness that resembles depression, but it's not a full depressive episode. You may have like major mood swings and you may not know why. You may have days where you wake up and your emotions feel like a roller coaster. And one second you're laughing, one second you're fine, one second then you're crying or you're yelling or you're throwing things. It becomes much more difficult to regulate your emotions, your attention, and your focus. You may feel sleepy throughout the day, but restless at night. It's similar to the feeling of being jet-lagged, which, <laughs> if we wanted to talk about that, is super unhealthy in itself. Another piece of this is that in the winter, a lot of places have like this means in a lot of places that it's shorter, darker, colder days. ADHD is scientifically correlated with having certain vitamin deficiencies, one of them being vitamin D. Being deficient in vitamin D may include these symptoms, which are similar to ADHD symptoms and seasonal affective depressive disorder symptoms. And they are fatigue, not sleeping well, achiness, getting sick more, depressed moods or just like sadness or mood swings, muscle weakness, and loss of appetite. Now taking vitamin D supplements can help improve these symptoms and help with seasonal affective disorder, but it's not just the vitamin D that we're deficient in, we're also deficient in melatonin, B vitamins, zinc, magnesium, and iron. These can be helped with supplements, but they can be helped much more in the foods that you eat. With ADHD, our food really affects our mood, but that's a whole nother episode in itself. Here's the thing, if you didn't know, ADHD is very closely connected to sleep. It's so closely related that some research believes that ADHD is also a sleep disorder. I don't go this far because I don't believe that ADHD is just a sleep disorder. I believe that it's a regulation disorder, which includes the regulation of sleep. You may be thinking something like, well, I can't, I can't have ADHD. I'm not, I'm not hyperactive. But as we grow older, that hyperactivity becomes more internalized to be more socially acceptable. So while a child with ADHD may not be able to sit still, an adult with ADHD may not be able to turn their thoughts off or slow them down. You may shake your leg, tap your foot, tap your fingers, twirl your hair, pick your cuticles, and females are affected by seasonal affective depressive disorder four times more likely than men. Let me repeat that again because it's just another thing that we are affected more. <sighs> seasonal affective depressive disorder affects females four times more than men, which is another reason why we get misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, mood disorders, depression, anxiety, 
and we end up just treating, getting our symptoms treated instead of treating the whole ADHD self. Also, the more north you live is the higher chance you will suffer from seasonal depression because of the lack of light, the cold, the dark. Winter brings that cold, dark months that contribute highly to seasonal depression. The days are shorter, they're darker, it's, it's cold outside. The low mood, sadness, and more sleep, and a higher craving of carbs. We don't want to gain too much weight in these instances because then it causes inflammations in your body, which makes it even harder to treat your ADHD and your seasonal affective disorder. What else happens in winter? The holidays. Yes, the stress of the holidays, travel, and the differing routines and schedules affect our brain. Again, it may cause a feeling of feeling jet-lagged with low mood or mood swings. ADHDers are more prone to these things because of our lack of self-awareness and our tendency to have mood changes and a lack of regulation of those moods and emotions. So becoming more aware of your biological clock can help you to recognize when you have low mood, when you're sleeping more and or eating more carbs than usual. Now, the holidays also leave us feeling overstimulated and exhausted. And this just kind of adds to seasonal affective disorder. Sometimes we see it set in right after the holidays because all that joy and excitement and everything has just completely depleted us. So what can we do? First of all, make sure you are experiencing winter, winter seasonal affective disorder. I want to make this clear. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I am a life coach. I'm a teacher. I'm a podcaster. I am not a medical health professional, even though I know a lot about the field. This is different than severe depression. You could ask me how I know because I've felt both. I've been in a severe depressive state and I've experienced seasonal affective disorder every single year. In seasonal affective depressive disorder, emotions seem numbed while in severe depression, you may feel hopeless, deeply sad, and you may have self-harming or suicidal thoughts. Severe depression requires a therapist and a psychiatrist to treat it. Seasonal affective disorder doesn't necessarily require those things. They help, but it doesn't necessarily require it. Severe depression does require a therapist and a psychiatrist or some type of doctor to treat. After some self-assessment, you can improve these symptoms with all remedies that can be bought and used at home. This made me extremely happy because who likes high-priced, hard-to-get remedies or strategies that take forever, like changing thoughts and emotions? <laughs> Not me. And I know you have your hand raised too because ADHD is like, I want it now, right? Okay, so I have four main tips that can improve your seasonal affective disorder along with 
taking that vitamin D supplement and keeping an eye on your diet. So are you ready for them? These tips do have to be used consistently in order to work. And I do know that that's hard for the ADHDer. So I will give me, I'll be giving you some tips on how you can make these tips some consistent habits so that you can use these research tips that work really well for me, for my clients, and for a lot of other people that I have met over the internet, through my coaching program. Um, it, it will help a lot. One more thing, speaking on energy and, and remembering things, if you like this podcast, our working memories suck, friend. So remember to scroll up to the top and hit that follow button so you can see any time that I release a new episode. Hi, friend. Really quick, I would just love to ask you to scroll up on your podcast app and click the rating button and give me a rating. This way, other people, they they can find this podcast in order to help them the way that it's helped you. If you don't know how to do that or you don't have the executive function to do that, just snap a screenshot and share it to your Instagram story and share it with a friend. Share it with anyone who you think would benefit because this helps me to help you help as many people who struggle with ADHD as possible. Thank you so much in advance. You're awesome. Speaking of extra supports, I just wanted to tell you all that I've updated my Patreon page to include all of the resources that I've really ever made to be held in one place. Just head to my show notes. Um, The VIP members do get a little extra, um, but you can also purchase like my brand new ultimate ADHD journal and planner, which I've been using for the past year that has worked. Um, nothing is priced over $10 and everything is at least 50 to hundred pages that you can download and print. You can get it to bind it and sent to you, or you can just read it off your screen and use notebook paper. So if you want or need any type of that kind of extra support, just head to my show notes and click the Patreon link to join. I hope to see you in there. And if you're really feeling motivated, I would love it if you would share this episode with a friend, share it to social media with your thoughts, all of those things really help. And if you tag me at authentically ADHD, um, underscore podcast, I can give you a virtual hug. I can message you and thank you for spreading the word about ADHD because it's still not a big thing that they're researching. More, more work needs to be done. Okay. All right. Enough, enough. Tip number one. Here we go. Buy a sun lamp. They are called like therapy sun lamps on Amazon. They're about 30 to $70, depending on what lamp 
that you get. Mine is about 30 bucks. Um, I had it for like a year. Put the lamp somewhere that you spend at least 30 minutes in the morning and flip it on right when you get near that area. Now for it to work, it needs to be like seven to 12 inches away from your face and used in that way for 30 minutes to an hour daily. People seriously think that this is a gimmick, but I've used this literal strategy and when I forget, I notice that it takes forever for me to wake up, okay? If you're buying and using the correct lamp, it does work. Give it a week, give it 30 days, it'll work. If not, I'll refund you whatever you spent on the lamp, as long as it was the correct lamp. Tip number two, improve your sleep hygiene. What does this mean? Sleep hygiene has a lot to do with the things that you do during the day that help you sleep at night. One of these is exercise. Getting 10 to 30 minutes of some type of movement, dance, lift weights, go for a walk. You don't need a whole workout routine. Another part of sleep hygiene is watching like what and how much you eat within the hour or two before you go to sleep. Now, what I suggest is setting an alarm for when it's time to stop eating and drinking so much before bed because it disrupts your sleep, whether it's because you have to get up to go to the bathroom or the types of food don't lend to sleep. And digestion also impacts sleep. So depending on what you eat, digestion, wow, may make it difficult to stay asleep. It may affect the quality of your sleep. You may be up in the middle of the night because you decided to have that bowl of ice cream before bed and you're lactose intolerant and now you have an upset stomach. Ask me how I know. Um, Exercise, the tip that I have to make this a consistent habit is finding an exercise or movement that you love and putting on clothes to sleep in that you would love, like that you could work out in. So that you just wake up, throw on your gym shoes and do it. This also helps wake you up. Sleep hygiene also includes the blue light that you're exposed to before bed. So get some blue light glasses or make it so that your screen is um, eye friendly. Try to avoid taking naps during the day and try to steer clear of caffeine after 3 p.m. Try to go to bed and wake up at the same time each day. Now, going to bed and waking up at the same time each day include um, a lot of consistency that I am still working on, but I sleep in my workout clothes. I have reminders for no more caffeine after a certain time. I try to avoid naps, and I usually don't nap. And building a consistent sleep-wake cycle takes time. But if you can build that routine, I promise you, it helps. And once you have started going to bed and waking up at consistent times every day, it will become more natural. Tip number three. 
This will help you with going to bed and waking up at consistent times. Take melatonin, a very small dose. From what I researched, um, one to three milligrams is enough. And take it about one hour before you are aiming to go to sleep. This helps signal our brain to naturally release melatonin earlier than when it usually does, which again in ADHD brains is delayed by two whole hours. Now, these things will help with your seasonal affective depressive disorder, okay? They definitely will. But here's the thing, and this is tip number four, but I say this in a lot of my episodes. You need to stop shaming yourself. We cannot grow from shame. It does not work that way. And shaming yourself for not being able to do a certain thing, it doesn't help. It only makes you feel worse. And that sadness will definitely make you feel worse. Try to include some fun in your day. Make sure you have rest planned. And make sure you're not exceeding your capacity. These tips really helped me and my clients with the management of seasonal affective disorder or depression. But I want you to know that although it will help you improve your symptoms and mood, the rest is up to you. I really hope that this episode helped you understand seasonal affective disorder in adults with ADHD. It's difficult enough to live with the symptoms we already do, but when seasonal affective disorder pulls on these symptoms, making it even harder to manage yourself overall, it's, it's rough. And I had just learned very recently that people with ADHD are affected more than the neurotypicals with this. I would love for you to share your takeaways, share this episode with a friend, and really and truly take care of yourself. That is all I have for now. Stay authentic, my friend, and we will talk soon. Hey, ADHD Are you looking for more support with your brain? Do you crave community with people who understand you? You should really check out Focused, the group coaching program I'm a part of that is for adults with ADHD. It's made and run by none other than Kristen Carter of the I Have ADHD podcast. I've grown so much by being in this program, using the tools, and being in the community for over a year now. If you use the link in my show notes, we both save money on this or next month's um, cost, so I think it's worth it. Go check it out at IHaveADHD.com slash focused. Thank you.